Did you enjoy your extra hour of sleep? Who, uh, who was a bit late to church despite the extra hour? Anyone? Yeah, I, I have a theory that uh, being late is not about time, it's about habits, so that probably proves the theory. But um, for those of you who um, chose to cash in your extra hour of life and uh, wasted your head on the pillow, that's fine, if that's how you choose to do it. I thought, here's a chance to actually get up and go for a, uh, a walk before church and have a bit of a swim. And I uh, got into the beach while it was still dark this morning and uh, had a nice long walk. And just as the sun was coming up, I heard this noise above my head and I looked up and this is what I saw. There was a fellow on a hang glider there and uh, it was just... A perfect pitch, uh, picture moment for me with the, uh, the sun just coming up there and this guy on the glider just sort of coming in and swooping back and forth. So uh, I rattled that uh, picture off. But it made me realise we're talking about being salt and light as Christians, light to the world. Now, there is no way that guy would have launched his hang glider half an hour earlier. No way. He couldn't have seen what he was doing, where he was going. And it made me realise that as Christians, the light that we show helps people to get to know God and to fly and be free and reach their potential. They can't do that if they're living in the dark. They can't do that. That light gives a whole different perspective to the world. It shows the way. It shows where dangers are. It shows where safe things are. And it allows people to be the kind of people that God's created them to be. So we're focusing again on being salt and light. Salt and light to the world. Looking, of course, at um, the passages from uh, verse from Matthew chapter 5. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that this morning we might learn something more about being salt and light. And that we can be light that reveals things to people, that uh, tracks them, draws them closer to you, so that they too can soar and fly and be free to be the people that you created them to be. Amen. So our verse this morning, Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, in the King James Version says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. In the... NIV version, God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called children of God. And the message version says, you're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. And that's the focus of our message this morning, being peacemakers and being children of God. A little bit old-fashioned, I do like to uh, read the paper and I like to get Saturday's Newcastle Herald and uh, come back home and have brekkie and sit down and flick through the paper. And uh, I was thinking about peace as I was reading the paper. These are the things I found in the paper. Man stabbed to death. Car accident claimed a life. Sexual assaults by a medical professional the murder of an intruder, a protest meeting, controversial speeding camera, a 
upset about the revenue it was raising and a dangerous distraction to drivers. That was the first page. Then I turned over and it goes on. Drugs swooped by police. Dangers of firefighting chemicals. Protests about council mergers. Racism. Fraudster. Faking death and disability. Death is probably a pretty significant disability. To deceitfully claim money. And the first good news story was on page 11. And after that good news story, it went on. The Sydney housing divide is growing. There's a search for a missing fisherman. Tax reforms that aren't fair. The rich getting richer. Talk of terrorists. There's a photo of protesters in an overseas country that are angry and passionate about their cause. There's the Indian overpass collapse with uh, about 21 people killed. A cyber extortion. A car bomb overseas. The US election campaign. Not a lot of peace there, is there? Um, there was an execution in an American state by lethal injection. Concerns over nuclear weapons that countries have. I'll leave that there if anyone gets bored. <laughs> but there's no doubt about it that this world is not a peaceful world, is it? That we do need peacemakers in the world. Now what the paper or the television, if you watch the TV news as well, doesn't report about is what's happening in your life. It's not just the world that needs peace. It's not just things that are happening around our local community that cause us to feel turmoil and conflict. What's happening inside you? What's happening with family relationships? What's happening with work colleagues? What's happening with commitments or events that are coming up and are making you feel anxious on the inside? What's happening in your personal world that upsets peace? And maybe it's even deeper than that. Maybe there's things in here that are causing you to be at unrest that you can't even talk about with friends or family or close people. So maybe there's things right on the inside here that cause you not to feel that sense of peace. Life is not peaceful. Life is not peaceful. There was a photo in the paper uh, of a group of people who have turned their back on traditional society and they've decided to live in a very simple way. Think 1970s hippie commune kind of thing. And that looks like a peaceful option, doesn't it? just to get away from it all and just live very, very simply. You can block out the turmoil of the world, but there still can be abrasive relationships. There still can be things that are happening that give personal challenges and upset the apple cart. So peace is not simply a matter of the absence of conflict. It has to go deeper than that. And we do need peacemakers, whether they're global or local, or even at a personal, individual level. But that's the problem. In order to be a peacemaker, you have to have peace. You can't walk into a situation and try and calm it down if you're not peaceful yourself. Where does that peace come from? What does the Bible say? 
Well, in the Old Testament, there's many references to peace. Living in peace within a community of God's people, or living in peace with neighbouring tribes, or giving peace offerings to God. Attempts to have harmonious relationships with others and with God. But it's clear from looking at all those examples that are in the Old Testament that it's only a temporary thing. While there might be peace for a short time, relationships fall down. We turn astray from God again, and again we're not living in peace. But peace can't be sustained by our own effort. You can't decide, I will here on forevermore live a peaceful life. You can put all the time and effort into that, but unfortunately there's going to be times when it just does not work. But one of the most vivid images of peace in the Old Testament, I found, is in the 23rd Psalm written by King David. We'll have a look at that. We missed the first verse of the ending. I'll tell you. I'll give you a hint. It's a The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters and refreshes my soul. Just get that image of peace in your mind. Green pastures. Quiet waters. Smooth and calm and still and cool. It's a peaceful kind of an image, isn't it? And if I asked you what was your image, what comes to mind when you think of peace, perhaps you would paint that similar kind of picture. Or maybe it would be something different. Maybe it would be just a tidy house, a comfy chair, a few moments of quiet before I have to do the next thing. Maybe it would be sitting down near a window that has a beautiful view. That would give you peace. Maybe it would be sitting on the tranquil veranda of a bush cabin, just smelling the smells and hearing the sights and the sounds. Maybe it would be sitting on the beach. Perhaps your ideal image of peace would be on your own. Maybe it would be with others. And I think if we had a hundred different people creating their image of peace, we have a hundred different images of peace. But, once again, there's a problem with that. The problem is that that image of peace that we might create in our mind, or even the image of peace that David creates in the 23rd Psalm, can overshadow the source of the peace. That key verse, the Lord is my shepherd. And that's the key. God is the source of our peace. It's not what we can imagine in our minds. It's not what we can create around us. It's going to the source of peace. In the Old Testament, in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, a prophecy about the coming of Jesus. He'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. In Micah chapter 5, start of verse 5, 
There's a prophecy again about the coming of God, and it says of Jesus, He will be the source of peace. Jesus is the source of peace. We can't find peace. We can't create peace. We can't bring things around us that will give us that peace that we need. We have to go to the source of peace. My own title on my notes here, I put, Do you want sauce with that? And I'm sure you've been in a takeaway shop and bought a pie or a sausage roll or a hot dog. Would you like sauce with that? Or you've been in a hamburger shop and they say, what kind of sauce would you like with that? Well, next time you're thinking about peace or you're in a situation where there's conflict, just ask yourself the question, would I want sauce with that? And the sauce being, of course, Jesus, the source of peace. Now David, who wrote that 23rd Psalm and created that lovely peaceful image there, who knows that God is the source, the Lord is his shepherd, had a pretty tough life. We hear in Sunday school the story of David and Goliath. And you can imagine David as, as a boy standing forth in front of this great big giant who'd been taunting the army for days and days and days and no one was brave enough to stand up to this giant of a man. And David said, well, I'll do that. I'll do that. And King Saul said, well, wear my armour so at least you've got some protection. And David put the armour on and couldn't move. He said, it's no good, I can't go out and fight with this. So he took it all off again and went out knowing the power of God was with him, knowing that no one could stand and mock God and his people, that God would do something about that. That isn't a peaceful situation. A young person facing a giant of a man in front of two opposing armies. I'm sure David's heart was racing. But he knew, the Lord is my shepherd. That is the source of peace. And even in the midst of that conflict and that life-threatening situation, he was able to steady himself enough to get that stone in that sling and make a straight shot. You can't do that if you're not feeling peaceful. As a result of that, the king, Saul, was jealous of David. And Saul spent years trying to track David down and kill him. That's not a very peaceful way to live. And if you read through the story in the Old Testament, David spent time running away, hiding in caves, living in the hill country, despised by different tribes around, with just a small band of faithful followers. That's not very peaceful. But he knew the source of peace. And in the midst of all of that time, he could be at peace. Ultimately, David's own sons, some of his sons turned against him. And he went into battle against them when he was king. How hard would that be? Going into battle against your own children. That doesn't seem very peaceful. But once again, David knew the source of that peace. I guess what I'm saying is that peace is not dependent on what's happening around it's dependent on whether you are connecting with the source of peace. David, who had this challenging life, wrote in Psalm 27, The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger. 
Why should I tremble? He knew that not because of what was happening around him, but because he knew God. In Psalm 46, David writes, God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come, the mountains crumble into the sea. David knew it wasn't about a trouble-free life, but peace that is deeper than that, that passes understanding. Jesus himself said in John chapter 16, I've told you all this so you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart, I've overcome the world. I think back to one of my own experiences, and I may have shared this, but it's relevant and I wanted to share it again. It was when I was in my late teens, early 20s, and a little bit of a tumultuous time, breaking up with a girl, not always an easy thing to, to uh, navigate through. But I drew aside to a hill. We lived in a, a house on the edge of some bush and walked up the hill. That was a wonderful place to go and pray and just to take some time out. I used to love going up to that hill. And I remember just praying about the situation and handing it over to God and realising then and there that things were going to be okay. And I didn't know which way that relationship was going to go. I didn't know how it was going to finish, but I knew it was all right. And I just sensed that peace from God. And that peace didn't come from a definite answer. It didn't come from knowing the way forward. It came because I'd been with the source of peace. And that had given me that peace to know that whatever turned out, things were going to be okay. Maybe you've had an experience in your life as well, where you've just felt that sense that God's there, you can trust Him, you can leave it with Him, you can be at peace. And I'll guarantee it was a time when you were close to the source of peace. That's where we get that sense of uh, trusting God. But on the flip side, Peace can be hidden from us. I want to go to uh, Luke chapter 19. This is towards Jesus' time of crucifixion. And as he, Jesus, came closer to Jerusalem and saw the city ahead, he began to weep. How I wish today that you, of all people, would understand the way of peace. But now it's too late. Peace is hidden from your eyes. Before long, your enemies will build ramparts against your walls and circle you and close in on you from every side. They will crush you into the ground and your children with you. Your enemies will not leave a single stone in place. Why? Why? Because you did not recognize it when God visited you. Different translation there. You did not recognize it when God visited you. So if we don't recognize that God is with us, then peace is hidden from our eyes. It's there. It's there to be found. 
It's there to be taken from the source of peace. But we have to recognise that God is with us at all times. We can't be a peacemaker unless we have our own peace within. And we can't know that peace without recognising Jesus as the source of peace. But why does the Bible say, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God? I think it's because people equate Christians with being peaceful people. And I think you'd agree with me, it seems to go against the grain whenever you come across a Christian who is not at peace. And I think there's this expectation in society that Christians are peaceful people. Now I know that that's not always the case. We're imperfect. But I think peacemakers can be called the children of God simply because they hang out with their father and bear the family resemblance. If we're connected with the source of peace, then we'll take on the qualities, the habits, the nature of God himself. There's no greater joy than I have to hear my son tell some of the lame jokes that I tell. And perhaps the same between my dad and myself. And he only does that because he hangs out with me. And I think it's the same with God. If we hang out with God, we can bear that family resemblance and we can be seen and recognised as a child of God. I've been using the term peacemaker, but perhaps you've heard of two similar terms. One is peacetaker. And you will know people in your life who perhaps are not calm kind of people or you connect with them and you feel a little bit anxious and a little bit on edge. That might be what they say, what they do, um, how they relate to others. That takes away the peace that you have. There's another term, a peace faker. That's someone who just goes along with the crowd, doesn't want to rock the boat, and seems all calm on the outside, but really is not resolving things and working through things on the inside. And the peace that they're showing is just fake. In Proverbs 10, chapter, sorry, chapter 10, verse 10, the Bible says, People who wink at wrong cause trouble. But a bold reproof, a bold comment, promotes peace. But being a peacemaker sometimes involves conflict and confrontation. When we think about peacemakers and peacetakers and peacefakers, I don't think the question is, which one are you? None of us would want to be considered to be peacetakers or peacefakers. I think the question is, when am I some of these different things? When am I a peacemaker? When do I feel close to the source and can confidently come into a situation and bring God's peace into that situation? But when is it that perhaps the way I'm relating to other people and the things that I'm doing, when can that take peace out of the situation? Perhaps coming in half-hearted and full of emotion not really understanding the situation 
and uh, inflaming it. Um, perhaps there's times when we do that. And are there times when you're a peace faker, where it's just too hard to really deal with it? It's much easier just to sit back and pretend everything's okay and not and agree, when deep down inside you're thinking that's not how it should be, or that's not what I'm feeling, or what I'm thinking. And we have to be bold enough to gently work through those sorts of issues. So keep that in mind, peacemakers, peace takers, peace fakers. As I finish, I'd like the band to come up and get organised, please. If you had a peaceometer, some kind of gauge that went from naught to ten, naught being Can be quite the opposite. I wonder where you would rate that here at this time. And I know even through a day, the peaceometer could change significantly. But I guess my question to you is what's going on in your life that robs you of peace, that stirs things up, that creates stress? The temptation is to try and find a solution for it. But the real answer is to connect with the source of peace. And if you're mulling over things in your mind, I don't know what to do about this. How am I going to respond to that? How can I help this person? How can I get through this next week? How can I deal with this news? Just put all that aside a few moments and think, God, you are the source of peace. I just want to have time with you. Time with you. I know that you can work it out, but I need to leave things behind. If we look for the solution to the situation, we're not spending time with the source of peace. <coughs> As I finish, I want to just read through some Bible verses that talk about peace. And see if some of these really speak to you and really resonate with you. I'll get the band to play quietly while I do that. And let's just take time with the source of peace. Put aside the things that are upsetting, challenging, causing turmoil, turmoil. And let's go to Jesus. Let's see what the words of the Bible say to us. Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3 is referring to God and it says you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you all whose thoughts are fixed on you God in the midst of our turmoil the midst of challenges the midst of family situations and difficulties Father we want to keep our thoughts fixed on you the source of peace. In Mark chapter 9, verse 50, you must have the qualities of salt amongst yourselves. We've been talking about that, haven't we? And live in peace with each other. We can't be salt 
we can't be light if we don't have that peace that only comes through Jesus. John chapter 14, verse 27. Jesus says to the disciples, I am leaving you a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot. So don't be troubled or afraid. Don't go looking for peace in the world. Don't try and create that idyllic scene. It may help But Jesus said in that verse, Peace I give is a gift that the world cannot. If any part of your life is not feeling peaceful, it's only through Jesus. Colossians chapter 3 verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. I ask you, what's ruling in your heart? Is it peace? Or is it the challenges that are all around you? chapter 5 verse 1 therefore since we've been made right in God's sight by faith we have peace with God because of what our Lord Jesus Christ has done for us isn't that an amazing thing that we can be at peace with God the source of peace the creator of the world the person who loves you more than any other you can be at peace with God. Romans 12 verse 18. Do all you can to live in peace with everyone. That's a challenge, live in peace with everyone. Anything we can understand. It doesn't make sense to be at peace 
when there's warring tribes around. It doesn't make sense to feel peace when there's a person out trying to kill you. It doesn't make sense to feel at peace if you've had a bad medical report. It doesn't make any sense to be at peace if families are separating. It doesn't make sense to be at peace if you've just been told you've lost your job. It doesn't make sense to be at peace if relationships around you are falling apart. It doesn't make sense to be at peace if there's someone who always seems to be looking for faults and trying to get you and trying to bring you down. It doesn't make any sense, but you can be. You can be at peace then because it passes that understanding and it's not dependent on that. You come to the source of peace, you can feel that peace at any time. that and that source is Jesus Christ.